Good morning. It is Monday, November 2nd, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. I hope you had a good weekend. All my new podcasting gear is set to arrive this week, and I'm getting pretty excited about taking this ministry to the next level. I've been encouraged by you guys and the amount of people who listen each day. The Commuter Devotional is motivated to keep doing this day in and day out because, trust me, we enjoy getting into God's Word each day as much as you do. Well, today we start chapter 5 of Daniel. So let me read our passage for us. I'll pray, and then we'll dive right into it. This is Daniel chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels they had taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the kings and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Let's pray together. God, you are like no other. How can we ever praise you enough for what you have done and for who you are? Let our time together this morning in your word turn to worship in our hearts for the rest of the day. Be with us as we look at this passage in Daniel. Amen. Well, we've been talking about Daniel and his companions for four chapters now, and all of it's been in the context of their relationship with King Nebuchadnezzar. But now suddenly, in chapter 5, we have a new king, King Belshazzar. And as readers, we might turn and look at each other and say, uh, who is Belshazzar? Well, the time difference between chapter 4 and chapter 5 is approximately 20 years. And Nebuchadnezzar was actually like four kings ago. Even though in this passage it says that Nebuchadnezzar was Belshazzar's father, he's speaking sort of figuratively because Nebuchadnezzar died in 562 BC, and his direct son reigned for four years before he was assassinated. Then his son lasted only about a month before a man named Nabonidus became king of Babylon, and he was king for a bit before Belshazzar took over as the final king of Babylon. Yes, that's right, the final king of Babylon. Big change is on the horizon, and already we're getting a sniff of why here at the beginning of chapter 5. Belshazzar is no Nebuchadnezzar. For all of Nebuchadnezzar's faults, and we have seen plenty of them in the first four chapters, Nebuchadnezzar was good at ruling a kingdom, but within 25 years of his death, the entire empire falls apart. And in our passage today, we might get a chance to see why that is. In our passage, Belshazzar is throwing a party, and as every commentator I saw on this passage made note, to say that this was a party was probably not the right word, considering who was in attendance and what was taking place. Notice that Belshazzar invited 1,000 of his lords, and among those in attendance were the king, the lords, the wives, and all the concubines, and they were all drinking excessive excessive amounts of wine. One commentator made a note to show that what Belshazzar did wasn't something that kings typically did in front of people, and that was drink wine. 
As king, there was a certain image that he would want to be careful to maintain among them. And in our passage, we see that the king drank wine in front of the thousand lords, apparently setting a tone, setting an example, and setting a standard of drunkenness among them. In verse 4, we see that it says that they drink wine altogether and praise the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. This scene should sicken us as Christians. It is definitely not somewhere we would want to be, and it is definitely something that we should see as disgusting and evil. But unfortunately, Belshazzar's behavior doesn't stop there. They order in all the gold vessels taken from the temple in Jerusalem, from God's own dwelling place, to be brought into the banquet hall in order that they might drink wine from them. And this is a direct act of mockery to the Jewish people and to God. These vessels were the sacred vessels from the Jewish people, and Belshazzar treats them like regular old cups for his debaucherous and raunchy party. My friends, as we go today, we must see this passage for what it is, an opportunity for us to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Likely, there is a Belshazzar in all of our hearts who wants to embrace this kind of life, that jumps at every chance to just enjoy some type of short-term excitement or fun. But as we will see this week, this is not the life that we should long for or partake in. In fact, it's pretty much the opposite that's true. As we close today, we will pray for a man named Johannes among the mountain people of the Horn of Africa. Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage that we have today in the book of Daniel. As we start a new chapter, we're introduced to a new character, someone who already seems to be extremely unlikable. We see his life and his actions. God, and we, in our hearts, want to just run run, run away from him. We don't want to be anywhere near this kind of man or what he's doing. But Lord, the truth is that you came to save sinners who we are. And in our hearts, there might still be some sort of trace of a King Belshazzar who wants to embrace this kind of life, to cling to these things that give us some type of short-term excitement. Or just to simply say, oh, it's just some fun. God, help us to grow into a holy people. To cling to what is good, like your word says. To chase after the things that bring about righteousness and holiness in our lives. God, as we pray like we do every Monday for the church abroad, across the globe. We pray for the mountain people in the Horn of Africa, and specifically for a man named Johannes. There are many Christians working there in the Horn of Africa. Your missionaries sent out to preach the gospel among these people. And God, we pray for Johannes, a man who seems to be so close to redemption, but just can't seem to understand the difference between what you offer freely and his responsibility to just accept that gift. Meanwhile, like many of the other people in the Horn of Africa. They believe that they can earn their way to heaven through doing good and treating people fairly. And God, while these are certainly good behaviors, it is your son that purchased our ticket to heaven. It is your son 
that redeemed the relationship between a holy God and a sinful people. And nothing else matters. So God, we pray for them and we pray for Johannes, that your gospel would break through into his life and that you would call him your child. Lord, call your people from the mountain people in the Horn of Africa. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.